Welcome to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Each week on this program, Jeff and his guests share their expertise, personal anecdotes, and the latest industry news to keep you in the loop. Now to provide you with insight and help you navigate the consistently changing world of real estate lending, here is your host for The Mortgage Voice, Jeff Barton. Welcome, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning in, listening to the show. We are on each and every week. We've got a number of stations that we're on from Albuquerque up to Las Vegas, Nevada, in the Inland Empire, in Southern California. And that would be, of course, the Riverside and San Bernardino counties, a little bit of L.A., a little bit of Orange County, a little bit out in Inyo as well. Uh, we're also up in uh, Central California at K Tahoe. Last week, we had a great guest from up there. really want to appreciate Everybody that comes on the show and gives us information about both properties, what's happening in the prices, what's happening in mortgage rates, programs as well. Now, we bring on the uh, guest to the show. We'll bring one on today, Maria Sharota. She's been on before, but we're going to talk about programs and what programs are good now today, what programs are going to be good in the future. Um, maybe rates will affect your decision as to whether to go QM or non-QM. All of these are options that you need to consider when you're doing a loan. The show is different every week. The show is different because we bring guests. I've got a couple of loan officers that are going to come on the show today and talk about how they get uh, that very highly competitive borrower who needs to get into a property, either either a purchase or maybe even, I guess, a refi. And how do they really get them a leg up on the competition in that purchase market? How do they get them to be able to, you know, win the bid? Uh, one of the things that mortgage brokers, mortgage loan officers, especially experienced ones, ones that really understand what the credit score means, what your income means, how to calculate the income properly, how to look at uh, you as a person and understand it. Okay, I can't go cookie cutter here. I got to go non-QM or I, I don't want to go non-QM here. I think we can fit this in a 30-year and... Uh, yeah, in, in terms of getting you the property you want, you need somebody experienced. You need somebody that knows how to do that. So that's who we bring on the show today. A couple of guests, Brenda and uh, Charles. Charles, both both of them have been on the show before. And it's interesting because as the market changes and as things move along throughout this very, um, hmm, it's, a, it's an interesting summer. The reason being is that we, we are at the... Uh, I guess we're at the recovery rate that we probably thought we would be at. Uh, and what's happening with rates and why the Fed is going to do what they do and where's inflation and the uh, actual number of properties on the market. It's growing, uh, which is kind of an oddity, is especially when we see prices hike the way they've been hiking. Let, let's face it, over a two-year period, prices in some areas of the country have almost gone up 20%. That's incredible. So how do we get first-time home buyers? How do we get people who uh, either want to move up in the housing market or scale back? How do we get them into properties, and, and what is that exactly the strategy to be able to do that? Financing is the number one reason uh, people obviously get into buying homes. Uh, a lot of people can't afford it. And with rates dropping, they have been dropping, right? We are back down to uh, below 2%, just below um, below 2%, below 3% on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. And that means that we've got probably another 9 million people in the housing market that can afford who couldn't afford a couple of weeks ago when it was, you know, 310, 3 and a quarter. And that's what it does. That's what we, we see. So increasing housing, which is good, increasing houses on the market, that's good, and lowering of interest rates, which allows more people into the market. So let's get to a couple of things, uh, kind of a news to use section. We used to do this all the time when Arby was on the show. Uh, I haven't talked to Arby in forever. And that's another thing. In our business... A lot of people stay and stay for a long period of time, and it's a lot smaller than you might think it is, whether it's in the mortgage banking, mortgage brokering, or even in the banking sector. Uh, I'm taking a a trip next month out to see uh, the people at Rocket Mortgage, Quicken Loans. Uh, They've invited us out as Malibu Funding. Malibu Funding is the company that sponsors the show and the company that I work for, so we're going out there to talk to them about what's going on in the mortgage market, how they can uh, possibly help. There's been uh, a huge war in the mortgage industry between the large companies, uh, United Wholesale and Rocket Mortgage. And they've been uh, fighting each other in terms of market share in both. uh, It used to be a competition whereby if you were in the lending business, if you were a wholesale lender or wholesale broker, you could go to either bank. Well, about two or three months ago, you had to choose one or the other according to what United Wholesale was making you sign. So there has been this 
tremendous friction. Anyway, we're, we're getting invited out there. We're getting wined and dined and uh, told we're great and all the things that you do in business, try to keep your side of the street as clean as possible, really maintain brokers. I mean, the uh, the fight for mortgage brokers is huge as we have a shrinking market in the um, uh, the real estate and refinance section. Although, hmm, it's interesting, we, we're probably going to get to about three, two point eight to $3.2 trillion in mortgages. Now, that's really an incredible number but last year it was almost four trillion so we've really come down in originations here in uh, the u.s especially in some of the busier places a lot of people have already refied and they've already refied below three percent so unless you can get them a net tangible benefit of at least a half a point or some other reason either cash out or or um you know they got to sell their property there's no reason to refi and that pool keeps shrinking as the rates remain low, the remaining people that haven't done that uh, will probably uh, continue to try to do that. So as we have a shrinking pool of investors, a shrinking pool of people who can do loans, who can refinance their loans, uh, that this is what we're doing. We're seeing Quicken. We're seeing United Wholesale. We're seeing a lot of the independents. And by the way, both of those companies went public this year. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting changes that help the market in some respects, uh, and hopefully they continue to bring competition to the market, which is really about rate, it's about program, it's about providing you the best choice out there. So let's look at a couple of things before we get on with uh, uh, some of the bulk of what we're going to do in the show. June jobs report, 850,000 people uh, got employment last month. The employment sector is is one of those things... Uh, we have a number of things to think about when we think about employment, right? And we've talked about the number of jobs available versus the number of people out of work. We got almost a million people last month get a job. Most of it's in the service sector, and those are, of course, the jobs that were lagging behind. Um, and this is coupled with the ending of uh, the rent moratorium and also ending of some of the uh, COVID uh, for forbearance programs that we've had as you know when you go into forbearance you get three months and then you got to come out unless you get an extension so we've had a number of those people exit those programs about 150,000 and for the first time since really April of last year we have seen the number of people in COVID forbearance drop below two percent of total mortgages 1.86 million people as of seven six I know we're a few days beyond that but that means that we are coming to people needing to go back to work. I mean, if you're really having a moratorium, you don't have to pay your mortgage, and then the moratorium is going to end, well, guess what? You've got to go back and get a, get a job. Now, one of the other things that's obviously impacting employment is wages. If you want employed people, you need to pay them more, and that has been the strategy of a lot of different companies out there. We've seen a quit rate, which, of course, is the number of people who just says, I've had it, and the number of people not yet coming back to work and may never come back to work, child care, uh, long-term health care for elderly, and uh, one of the two members of a household that has been earning an income has to take care of those people. And so what do you do? We're still going to have issues with school next year. Some people are going to opt out from going to school. As you know, anybody under 12 still has no vaccine. So all of those people are susceptible to getting the new variants or whatever it is out there that you can catch from COVID and bringing it home. So all of these considerations mean that both the employment and the number of jobs available are probably not going to match for a while. And we've got, like I say, a high quit rate and a high rate of people not returning to work. And those things affect unemployment, although the number last month was pretty good. Uh, foreclosure, forbearance. Uh, okay, the trending bond yields is the reason for lower rates. Uh, maybe I should save this one for the next segment. Okay, let's just get into rates themselves. 30-year fixed rate loan, 3.1%. 15 is at 2.55. The FHA is at 2.68. The jumbo is at 3.15. And, of course, the 5.1 arm is at 2.70. The 10-year yield is at 1.419, almost 1.42. The bond yield has been uh, 
really trending lower, but it has now since rebounded. We have a number of reasons for that and why rates are they what they are, but they're probably going to remain very close to this for the rest of the summer. We'll see in the fall what happens if taper comes back, if taper happens, how that affects the mortgage rate, what really affects long-term rates since 1981. Let's get into that next segment. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for listening to the show. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for listening to the show, for tuning in each and every week. We try to bring you up-to-date information on mortgages, on mortgage interest rates, on why things are, how they are, what they do, and where they're going to go. Now, we're, we're not going to stay where uh, uh, Karnak, the Magnificent, and for anybody that's never watched Johnny Carson, you wouldn't have a clue as to what I was talking about. However... Um, the people that we bring on the show, they have a much better idea of what's going on. And, and the uh, first guest today, Maria Schroeder from Quantic Bank, is going to come on and tell us a little bit about what's going on there and, and some of the programs. Maria, how are you? Good. How are you, Jeff? Thank you for having me on your show. Thanks very much for coming on. I do appreciate it. And, you know, we have had a number of different calls on both your particular segments and other people that come on the show because I think there's a lot of interest out there for what loan products are available and what those loan products can offer certain borrowers that might not be able to get a particular type of loan from a different lender. Give us an idea of, of how you're helping in that way. Well, um, with Quantic Bank, our focus is to serve the underbank, especially in light of restrictions created by Dodd-Frank and some regulations. And our focus is lending to people with low income but high worth or, you know, wealth, self-employed borrowers, um, immigrants, and entrepreneurs that um, have, you know, they exercise their advantages of taking write-offs, and maybe what they report to the IRS isn't really their true income, and so with Quantic um, programs, we can design programs that makes it easier for them to qualify with less encumbersome documentation requirements such as, you know, the Fannie Mae's guidelines have out there. And so we're definitely an option. So some of these borrowers get turned down at traditional banks and they can come to you um, and you can bring them to us and our, you know, brokers or consumers direct can come to Quantic Bank and take advantage of our programs. And so they could either get cash out to do home improvements or um, do business opportunities or buy their new dream home. Now, one of the reasons or the reason you can do that is because you're a bank and you're not necessarily subject to all the Dodd-Frank rules because you keep a lot of these loans in-house. Isn't that right? Yes, we are a portfolio lender. Right. Um, ultimately, we do eventually securitize them. Um, but the reason that we're allowed to do this legally is that we have our special designation. It's our CDFI, which is a Community Development Financial Institute that is given to us by the federal treasury. And um, I think 27% of the banks have that nationwide, and we've had ours for about eight to nine years now. Well, that's good. Obviously, serving people who, you said maybe not wanting to report completely to the IRS. I think it's it's a matter of how uh, the business is set up, how their personal finances are set up, and that it's it's less complicated to go to you guys than necessarily use their tax returns or some other means to qualify. How do Correct. they qualify? Um, they either qualified with a profit and loss okay. um, for the self-employed borrowers, um, or we have a, a no-ratio program. So if the borrower has enough equity in their home or the you know, required um, down payment with the credit score that we require, the minimum credit scores, they can get a loan with us. Uh, tell me, what, what what is the, give me a, mm, what's the best product? What's the most popular product, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. What, give us an My idea. My most popular program probably is our light dock because we 
are less encumbersome than most traditional and non-traditional lenders out there where you don't need to provide us with 24 months of bank statements, business or personal, and you just, we, we can, we will look at it with the profit and loss. Okay, and that, that is created by their own bookkeeper or themselves if they're a self, you know, a self provider. Okay, so it's not a, um, uh, an accountant driven, it could be from QuickBooks or Quicken or whatever it is. Correct. That they might use. Yes. I see. Yes. And now, uh, minimum FICO, you talked about that. What, what do you guys look at? 620, 640, higher? Six, we actually look for 680. Okay, 680. And most borrowers, well, at least for us and our company, we see most borrowers, I think the average credit score is almost 700. What are you seeing in your average credit score from the loans you do? 700 to 720 is probably the sweet spot for us. Right, right. And then that that obviously spells um, uh, for a good thing going forward in terms of them paying the loans. Uh, I don't know right. how many forbearance loans that you all have been involved with, or, or do you know that? I just, I'm guessing it, we, there are some. I know that when um, we did our statistics, especially coming out of the pandemic and going through the pandemic, our executives had told us that none of our um, our books of people, I think, that have none of, they were very self-guarded because, you know, we require our types of borrowers that are coming to us are very solid. So, um, and, you know, so none of our, I don't think any of our That's a good. people did forbearances. But we, if there has been people who you know, took advantage of forbearances, we just want to make sure that they're completely out of it and on track before they can come back, you know, come to us to apply for a loan. Okay, and let's talk rates a little bit. What do you, What is the spread on a rate that you'll get for somebody who's, let's say, got a 720 FICO score and is using one of your either bank statement programs or your P&L statement? We're doing it at a 30-year fix mm-hmm. and at like 55 mm-hmm. to about 6%. Um, we do offer interest only. Um, you have to keep in mind these loan documents and these programs are very minimal in requirements and loan income documents. And so right. there was these before Quanta came around and offered this to the you know the masses. You know these people were going to private lenders. Right, hard money, private lenders. Rate. Right, and the, the interest rates are you know ten percent. Sure, nine to twelve percent. Right, yes. that's right. No, I, I love this program because they're reasonable rates and they're able to be able to use and be used. What kind of loan to value are you looking for in all this? Seventy-five to eighty percent is oh, typically what I'm doing. But our average company with our portfolio is probably about. 65. Okay, and uh, rate is affected by the amount of uh, money in the deal, I assume, yes? Correct. Okay, and uh, that, that's that's pretty good. What are you seeing in terms of how the how the lender, how uh, Quantic Bank is going to uh, adapt to the changing ways the DTI is being looked at? Um, since you're a bank, I guess that doesn't really affect you as much because you're not selling to Fannie and Freddie. So it's actually, you know, opening, opening the floodgates for us. <laughs> right. No, I'm sure. We, right. Yeah. Now, now, uh, from what I understand, uh, when it becomes mandatory in about a year, we're going to be looking at a three-year, uh, I guess, uh, where you have to keep loans on the books, and then you can sell them to Fannie and Freddie. Have you heard about this? No, because you know what? We do our special portfolio products. I so see. We don't even offer the um, Any of those traditional f- Fannie Mae. Yeah. I see. I don't. I, it's been a hot minute since I've got it. So I- no, well, I think the, the 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 reason I bring it up is because a lot of the industry is going to change. They're changing the way the DTI is uh, affecting loans sold to Fannie and Freddie. They're actually doing away with it. They're coming up with a, a percentage based on how the loans are priced. And if you are below that particular price, those loans are available. But if you go into a higher price or into a rebuttable, those loans after three years can be also sold to Fannie and Freddie. So there's this whole new way by which loans will be looked at and for obviously a lender like you who is already offering products like that um you know on a portfolio basis 
that's going to be a good thing. I mean, they're, on the one hand, they're closing down some of the loans that are going to be offered. Yet, at the other hand, they're saying, okay, if you can find a bank that portfolios these, you can then sell them three years later. So it's almost, you know, it, it almost washes out if you can find that bank. But you hold all your old papers, so it's not going to matter to you guys. Yes, we hold our paper, and then we securitize them and mortgage-backed securities on Wall Street. We're, um, so I think that in the future, with the new changes, I can see um, Quantic probably coming up with new programs to kind of help out right. you know, the people who are going to be infected that are going to need loans, right? Right. No, I agree <laughs> with you. And I don't think they've yeah. really, well, they've delayed it a year, right? It was supposed to start this July. But it's voluntary right now becomes um, permanently uh, that you have to do it, I think, in a year. Anyway, we're up against the clock. Maria, thanks very much for coming on to the show, talking to us about the great programs over at Quantic. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, always. So appreciated. Th- thank thank you. you. Thanks, Maria. That's Maria Schroeder from Quantic Bank. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning into the show each and every week. If you want to talk to me, if you want to hear me, you can go to YouTube. I've got a bunch of different ways that you can not only like the show, but you can contact me, and that's Jeff Barton. The Mortgage Voice, I've got a channel, probably have two, three hundred different shows on there. Each week we um, uh, put the segments of the show up. Uh, we also have a website, it's uh, Jeff Barton, The Mortgage Voice, that's all new. Uh, if you go to podclips.io, that's also new, a great place where we house not only the show, but there's a whole bunch of different podcasts there, and it, it's a, like a, I don't know, it's like a, a channel where they have uh, probably 30 different uh, ways by which you can listen to different kinds of podcasts, health, sports, lifestyle, and finance, and that's where you'll find us. Uh, we're also on a number of different podcasts. Dara, where are those podcasts? They are all over the place. They are. <laughs> <laughs> At, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Music Play, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Radio.com, YouTube, and as you had mentioned, PodClips.io. Excellent. Also, we're on five radio stations in three different states, from Albuquerque to Las Vegas up to uh, the Inland Empire in um, Southern California, San Bernardino and Riverside, and uh, what's the other place we're in? Tahoe, right? K Tahoe, of course. How could I forget that one? Uh, But thank you again for listening, uh, bringing you Good people who know more stuff than I do. Uh, another person that's been on the show several times that can talk to us about what's going on in the loan business is Brenda Scott from Malibu Funding. Brenda, how are you? I am great, Jeff. How are you doing? You know, I'm okay. Uh, thank you very much. I was sick last week, got a little bit of a cold, summer cold. And, of course, if you cough around anybody right now, they just run for the hills. So I've been <laughs> I've been triple masked. I had my, uh, you know... Hockey mask on, so they think I'm Jason or whatever that person is. <laughs> anyway, so uh, you, can't, you can't cough because it's COVID. You cough. Oh, forget it! Out. You can't have a cold nowadays. You just you might as well stay home. People just gonna you shed you. Automatically gonna die if you get a cold. Oh um, <laughs> it's it's been terrible. But I, you know, I've been back really at the office for a couple of weeks. It got me yeah. down for really a solid week. Um, yeah, I heard you. You didn't. You didn't sound very well at all. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I don't know how I sound today, but at least I'm up. I'm prone, and, and well, you I'm... sound great today. You oh, excellent! Today. Well, Let's thank do you. It. Let's okay. Do it. Let's everybody know how great Malibu funding is. Excellent. Perfect. I love that. Tell us about what kind of loans are popular right now, and how you're helping your clients get into that purchase property. Well, I tell you, Jeff, I have. Um, a good lender that we're doing uh, purchases on, and the required FICO score is 520. 520. Um, really? 520, and you can get it's obviously it's FHA. Yep. But we also have that SHAFO loan. Um, a lot of people are beginning to use it a lot more than we have, where it's allowing borrowers to get in a home with 100% financing. And this is the uh, CalHafa you're talking about? Yes, this is the CalHafa where they ha- where they will finance the uh, down payment and they will finance the uh, closing costs. 
Okay, that's excellent. Now, when you say you're getting these people, getting people excited about it, 520 FICO score, what are the other requirements and what's, what's the rate? Uh, rate might be a little, just a tad bit high, but you still okay. can get three and a half, three point seven. That's What's wrong with that? Doggone good rate. Oh heck yeah, it is. I mean, you you, you pencil yeah, that out. That'll very, work. Very good rate. Yeah. Okay, and, and are these on purchases or cash out refis? What are they on? These on purchases. I'm doing these on purchases. Wow. But we can also do refinance cash out too. But, you know, obviously FHA has a max cash out that you can get, but you right. can still get the cash out. No, that's excellent. Okay, and um, uh, so on purchases, let's talk purchases. We see the inventory up a little bit, but I'm not quite sure that, you know, that is the, uh, uh, you know, it's just not enough in order to solve what's happening, which is you have multiple people looking at the same house, looking to buy the same house, multiple offers. How are yeah. you helping your borrowers, like, get beyond that? What kind of... What kind of, uh, I guess, pre-approval well, are you giving now, them? Uh, the borrowers are going further out. They're going oh, to uh, San Bernardino, uh, Rialto, Fontana. There's um, a couple of... They're, they're going more inland now. And right. when you go out that far, you do have the option to, you know, put in a good, decent offer. And I have to put 20 offers in at one time. So, uh, so there are homes available in those areas. Oh, yeah, there, there's a lot of homes. If you go up the 15 quarter, whether it's Hemet or Esperia or some of the other uh, places yeah. out in that area. Yeah, Hemet and, yeah. and Santa Cito. Yeah. They're all doing extremely well right now. The values out there is not as high as the values more, more toward, you know, the Los Angeles, Orange County areas, but... You can still buy a house instead of renting. If you're paying $2,200 to rent, you need to buy a house. That's interesting you say that because a lot of people who are renting are paying way more than they would pay if they had a mortgage for a house. But the problem has always been the down payment. But you're saying that with this company with the Cal Halfa program. Now, this is, of course, for Southern California or California in general. It's not for, let's say, in, in New Mexico or Nevada, where we've got the show yeah. also. But there are programs yeah. all over like that. But that's how we get people into a property who might not necessarily be able to afford a down payment is to find programs like that. And certainly with FHA at 3.5% down normally, it's still the way to go. Um, especially yeah, and with, even on a conventional, if right. you have mm -hmm. a... Nani conventional, um, you know, you can buy out that MI, and that MI is really, you know, that's that's an additional two, three hundred dollars a month. You can buy that whole premium out and not even have to pay that MI. Explain it's, that. It's a lot of creative. Well, I we have one right now in the system, and hopefully we're going to be docking it pretty soon. It's a ninety percent, and the rate is good. The rate I think is two point two five. Right. And he, wow. he is buying out his MI. So let's say the MI, I'm just giving you a number, is $5,800. So along with the lender credit, because the lender will give us the credit because of our relationship with that lender, they will give us the credit. So maybe the client may have to come out of his pocket, maybe $1,200. But that, that whole MI premium is paid for up front. So... You only have your PIPI when you're making your mortgage payment. You don't have MI insurance anymore. So we can't do anything with MI insurance on SHA loan. This is strictly a conventional loan. I see. Okay. So and MI, of course, is anything below 80, uh, 20%, 80%, right? I mean, if it's... Uh, right, 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 right. So even if you want to refinance, and this gentleman is refinancing... And he was initially coming out with about $60,000. So we re redid everything, got an uh, updated appraisal on it, and what became, what was 60000 is now 14000 and he's buying out that MI insurance at $5,800. It's an excellent deal for him, excellent. That's an excellent $320 a month. Oh, yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal on yeah, any loan, let alone yeah, you know. Yeah, because the loan amount is a it's like five sixty. So the higher your loan amount is, you know, the higher your MI is going to be. Tell me where we're heading in the marketplace. 
Oh Lord, you really want me to tell you that? I think yep. I think we're gonna we're, we're gonna start we're gonna be. I think I think it's gonna pop again, Jeff. Meaning you mean the rates go up, or meaning what? I think the the industry, I think the real estate, I think this whole market is going to be reshifted, probably in about maybe two years. I mean, we still got two years, and interest rates are still extremely, extremely good. I agree with that. FHA um, yep. rates are extremely good right now, so everything is good now. So get in now. Well, that get I agree with you. Good rate. I agree yes. with you. I just. Yes. You know, I look at where we are in terms of both the housing product of the availability, um, the, the the way the interest rates, uh, the way the interest rates have really been propped up by the Fed buying mortgage-backed securities and bonds. What happens if uh, inflation? I just look at a lot of things affecting rates. Uh, I can't see the rates staying like this forever, especially if they go into a taper. Oh, but you know, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. And the one thing I do want to let listeners know: before we wouldn't, we couldn't um, submit a loan for an approval if you didn't have a property. But now lenders are allowing us to go in and submit that loan and do a to-be-determined on buying that property. So you get a full-on approval. So when I tell you you are approved for $500,000 purchase price, we got it in writing because we got an approval already. Right, and that's excellent. Hey, uh, Brenda, we're up against the clock. You want to shout out a phone number for people to get in touch with you? Hey, yes, please. Brenda Scott, please call me at 562-500-2400, and I will be happy to answer any questions that you may have. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Brenda. Thanks very much for coming on the show. That's Brenda Scott from Malibu Funding. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. If you want to see the show, go to YouTube. Jeff Barton, the Mortgage Voice. That's our mortgage channel there. You can also go to a number of the radio stations, KCAA, KMET, in Southern California. They carry a live feed. K-Tahoe is one of the other stations. We have, uh, what's the one, 1400 AM in Vegas? What's that? That would be K-SHIP. K-SHIP, K-S-H-P, of course, and of uh, we're on K-Mine, K-Mine country down in Albuquerque. I want to say hi to all those great folks down there. We're on five stations, three different states. Real happy to bring shows to you about mortgages. I know. Get the pillow, roll out the blanket, start to get comfy to go to sleep. No, it's not that kind of show. We're going to show you how you can get a house. We're going to show you how you can get a good mortgage. There are different kinds of programs. If you've been shut out or turned down by somebody else, we have experts who come on and talk to you about it. I'm not going to sell me. I'm going to let them talk to you about what's really important is either getting you the house you deserve or getting some money out in order to pay those bills off or pay some medical expenses. There's all kinds of uh, reasons that you need a loan. And with the rates the way they are, woo, now's the time to do it. Uh, with us to help really sort through the, the bunch of stuff that I've been talking about is Charles Giscombe from Malibu Funding. He joins us once again. Chuck, how are you? I'm outstanding, Jeff. How's everybody doing? We're just great. Thank you very much. And like many of the NBA playoffs, there's a lot of no-names out there, but they still can offer you terrific rates. Tell us about some of the programs that you see. Oh, man, Jeff, there's so many things going on right now. The competition is stiff. Yep. Uh, the mortgage programs become plentiful. There's a plethora of different programs that people are not aware of that we love to tell them about uh, to let them get have another option, an alternative to get into uh, the market. Uh, so I'll tell you, you know, we have the traditional loans, of course. Uh, Malibu Funding does all traditional loans. Fannie Freddie, USDA, VA, Ginny May. FHA, for you people that don't understand the other things that I just said, they're just uh, governmental loans. But there's also non-QM loans, non-traditional mortgages that allow individuals to get in that are less strict, less stringent in regards to the paperwork is concerned. These loans are comparable in interest rates to what you normally are uh, seeing in a traditional market. Right. Uh, it will help individuals who are self-employed, who don't have the tax returns done yet, uh, or who just doesn't want to show all the information, these loans are super helpful for people to take advantage of this market while the interest rates are still where they are and get in without feeling like they will be, uh, you know, 
but they don't they don't they don't fit the bill or they can't uh, fit into the box of traditional mortgage lending. You know, I talked to uh, our account executive over at Rocket Mortgage today, John Gruca, and he said. Yeah. He said that Charles, he, where, he's in North Carolina, he's in Las Vegas, Nevada, he's in Illinois, he's all over the place for you. And I said, yes, he is. He's a very experienced guy and doing loans. So the question being, loans around the country, the, the different needs, different markets, depending on whether it's purchase or refi, what are you seeing as differences, if there are any? You know what, Jeff, it's so funny. Because at some point, you'll have a market that is doing more traditional loans, or you'll have a market that needs more non-QM loans, or people doing different loans. It, it's kind of like a, a nice little jambalaya now, Jeff. I'll be uh-huh. honest with you. Everybody needs everything, because now more and more people are looking at doing investment properties, more and more people doing commercial loans, as well as traditional loans. So I find that everywhere that we're doing loans that have valuable funding, everybody pretty much needs the same thing. The investors are looking for uh, uh, short-term loans that can do after-repair value, meaning they can right. provide renovations, get them in for a lower clip, as well as traditional loans. Hey, listen, I'm going to buy an investment property. I'm also going to refinance my home since the interest rates are low now. So I need you to do a traditional loan. I need you to do an investment loan. So all over, all the different places, whether it's North Carolina, Florida, Jeff, Las Vegas, uh, um, Illinois, um, even even investment properties in New York, different things that we're doing. Right. Uh, what happens is, is that everybody pretty much is across the board. Because the market is so hot, everybody's looking at every arena of the real estate market and the mortgage market to find out where that money is and utilize it best they can. Now, we have a number of... Uh weather-related events in this country, whether it's a hurricane or an earthquake or a fire, and certainly the tragedies down in Florida with the apartment building collapsing. Do you see certain markets, depending on what happens, especially down there in Florida right now, what happens to approvals with in situations whereby you either have a weather event or, or, or something like the collapsed building? How do we... How do we value those kind of properties, not those particular, but the ones around it, the ones that might be affected? How is it going to affect approvals that have already been done or funding that are being waited to be done? Is there a delay in that sort of stuff? What are you seeing? You know what? You would normally think there would be a delay. We went through this one time before, yep, Jeff, when we did. dealing with the fires, and yep. we could not get some properties uh, done because the fires were so hazardous and they were spreading and spreading around surrounding areas that didn't normally think that they would be hit. It's the same thing down here. They're obviously going to take another look. The inspection process obviously is going to be uh, strict and very tight to make sure that these type of properties, whether you're getting into a, war- or a warrantable condo or non-warrantable for individuals that don't know what that means, that means uh, buildings and condominiums that are meeting certain requirements that Freddie and Fannie give out as well as FHA give out. If a property is warrantable, it means that it can be backed or insured by that particular uh, branch. Or uh, if it's not now warrantable, you go into a situation where you can still get lending on it, but it doesn't meet those Freddie Fannie guidelines. And we go to inspections and making sure that everything is good. Uh, you always should get an inspection. Because an inspection now costing you a little bit of money can save you a ton of money later. So you always have to take those things into consideration. And especially in that market now, everybody's very wary and mindful of what is happening. So they'll be very strict. And it might be some delay, uh, but at the end of the day, they'll still be lending. Um, and it's just, just a word for, uh, for, for wise for everybody. You always should take the time out and make sure you get a complete inspection on your property. Now, the way the market is right now, a lot of people buy stuff sight unseen. Yep. But because of the current tra- tragedies and different things, I think people will take a step back, uh, wait a little bit, take a good look at it, get that inspection done, and find out what they're getting themselves into. Because it's always something when you inherit and someone else's problem into your new situation. But that's what inspections are for. Make sure that we're solid in our decision. Get your financing tied with Malibu funding. And then go ahead and jump to the market. What do you see as the, uh, I guess, the the future in the next uh, five to six months, both with the rates and the availability of uh, mortgages? Do you see more mortgages, different types of products coming on the market? Do you see rates rising a little bit because of inflation? Uh, what, what do you see? Uh, 
always like to say I'm definitely not Tradamus because uh, I don't know exactly <laughs> what the future is going to be. Nobody does. But I, <laughs> but, but I will say this. We've been saying that the interest rates are going to increase, and that's just based upon cycle, Jeff. Sure you know, it is. Yep. Cycle happens. You know, those who are first or last, those who are last or first in yep. regards to uh, the interest rates and uh, value. Uh, but we've been saying that it's going to go down, and it's still steady and very competitive right now. In the next six months, I would say, yes, it's a possibility of a downturn. But while you get to that six months, you should jump in right now because interest rates are really good uh, still. Still good, surprisingly. Jeff. It's great. It's and amazing. Still, yep. Yeah. And market is still hot. Uh, I would just say, I say to everybody, going into this, this, the last turn, because we're getting towards the end of the year now, I would just be strategic. Uh, if you have a great offer or you're going to get a property, obviously uh, it's a seller's market still. Um, uh, but even in the seller situation, you know, get what you can. Don't be greedy with it, uh, and then just keep moving on and keep buying. I have a ton of people who are saying this market and what people are saying about it doesn't affect them. They're buying, buying, buying. I had one client today, Jeff, asked me for eight pre-approvals uh, to go out there and get houses done and get some multifamilies done. So people are wow. very confident and comfortable. Oh, excellent. Well, anybody that's got that kind of money and foresight to see, you know, even if prices are a little high or even a lot high, the interest rates are so low that the, the monthly payment is what you're looking at. And if that is something exactly, that you want to exactly. get, you know what I mean? Anyway, Chuck, I'm, I'm here at the end of uh, our segment. Could you shout out to people how they can get in touch with you? Great loan officer in a number of different places. Absolutely, Jeff. I appreciate that. Uh, you can get in touch with me at that 702 328-5191 again 702-328-5191 and you can email me at charles at malibufunding.biz that's charles at malibufunding.boy Isaac Zenith Excellent. Thank you very much once again for coming on the show, illuminating, elucidating, helping people really figure out the mortgages. Thanks Chuck. Jeff, thanks for having me over. Thank you very much. That's Charles Giscombe from Malibu Funding. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry, and we will be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning in, listening to the show. We're on each and every week. We're on a number of different podcasts as well. If you want to uh, hear us on those podcasts, Daryl, you got the list of those? I sure do, Jeff. It's Apple Podcasts, Google Music Play, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Radio.com, YouTube, and Podclips.io. Thank you very much. Podclips.io. Go there. It's a new place where you can see a whole bunch of different kinds of podcasts. We are in the financial section, and that's Jeff Barton, the mortgage voice. But there's lifestyle, there's health, there's sports, there's all kinds of things there. And I think it's a great place to center your podcast listening. Also, we're on YouTube. Jeff Barton, the mortgage voice. You can see this as well as, oh, really hundreds of other shows. We've got a new website as well, uh, themortgagevoice.com. Is it mortgagevoice.com? It is. Yes, it is, Jeff. Okay, excellent. So if you want to see us, go to YouTube. If you want to see the new uh, uh, website, that's there. Obviously, Podclips.io and all these other places where you can uh, listen and hear the show. Um, so let's get back to it. We, we were talking in an earlier segment in the show about... Um, yields, bond yields, and why rates are what they are. We always follow the 10-year, and I've said as a, as a rule, you, if you're looking to see where rates are headed, look to the 10-year yield. Why? Because the 10-year yield goes up, rates go up. They go down, rates go down. And you can pretty much see the trend line if you go to any of these stock reporting services, and if you have some of your own resources, just look at the 10-year yield and what uh, it has been over the last year, the last two years. You can see the trending line, and that's pretty much where rates are going to go. However, we have had some different ways by which we can value or look at rates and how they are affected. Uh, one of the ways and one of the things that we talk about is, of course, how long have the trend lines been trending downward? Now, we look in terms of weeks, days, months, maybe. But since 1981, oh, is it 81? Let me look. Yes, it is 1981. 
we have seen the trend line. Now, it, it, nobody remembers, but in 1981, it was the uh, second or first year of a Reagan administration after Carter was president. During Carter's presidency, we saw inflation hit 18%, and we see CDs at 21%. Okay, so that that's then. Today, of course, after since that time, 1981, we've seen the trending bond yields downward for, what is that, 81, 91, 40 years? So we have seen the long-term trend of bond yields downward since 1981, and that really reflects how interest rates, if you look at interest rates and how they are matched up with the long-term bond yields or, or the uh, 10-year bond yields, you will see that this is where it has been headed, and now we are at where we are now, where we've got interest rates, mortgage interest rates, below 3%, 3% below 3%, and we've been here for a year, and that's amazing. But even before that, even before COVID, even before taper, I mean, not tapering, but even before the um, the Fed stepped in and b- bought bonds and bought mortgage-backed securities, we still saw interest rates incredibly low. So what other things affect, or what other what other thing really matters? Well, one of the problems with what we have today is we have uh, uh, two things going on. To effectively help the economy, the Fed has agreed, and, and really what they call it, um, what do they call it? Not accom- accommodative, that's what it is, accommodative policies, which means that they're going to buy mortgage-backed securities at $40 billion a month, and they're going to buy treasuries at $80 billion a month. And they've been doing this since the start of COVID, right? And I, I talk about it every week. So everybody who listens to the show knows that. So one of the problems with that, of course, is that we have a recovering economy during COVID where we have, let's say, 59% of the adult population in the United States vaccinated. It's pretty pretty good, right? So most people are out, they're spending money, and they're spending that $1.5 trillion that they've got saved up. And they've got all this borrowing power, and they've got money that has been really freely handed out by the Fed to businesses in order to continue to grow the economy. Well, the problem there is we have inflation. So we've got accommodative stance by the Fed fueling inflation. And inflation in and of itself will make rates go up. Now, why do I say that? Because if you're going to buy a bond today, and it's worth 5% less in a year than it is today, you're not going to be too happy. So the only way to reverse that trend is to up the interest rate so there's less demand. Less demand means that that particular bond will have to raise in price and raise in yield bond, bond yields. And both of those things are anti-inflationary measures which can help the economy if inflation is in fact raising rates. So there's a conundrum here, right? You have to raise rates in order to not stop inflation, but in order to stimulate the economy, low rates have really been what the Fed has been talking about. And both of these things are really high-class math problems. And we as consumers, I looked at a few things, right? Inflation is a big deal to people on the street. Everybody here in California knows five bucks a gallon of gas is no picnic, right? Nobody wants to pay that. They want to pay what they pay in Texas, which is about buck eighty a gallon. But they're not going to because California has its own set of taxes and its own way to fund what they do here. And so as a result of inflation, gas being one of the things, there were three types of inflation. The president yesterday called inflation uh, transitional, meaning that once we get past this initial phase of you know, whatever place the economy is in and supply chains get back to what they're supposed to get back and we get to more even flow back to what it has been, back to where supply meets demand, we will see prices come back down. He points, of course, to lumber. Now, I don't know if anybody follows these things. We talked about it a little bit because building, of course, is at the heart of what we do when we talk about mortgages. You don't have a house, you can't get a mortgage. Lumber prices at their peak, which wasn't really all that long ago, and it's because they shut the sawmills down. We saw lumber prices, and this is uh, this may be something you don't understand in terms of lumber foot, but if we compare lumber foot per thousand eight months ago, which was $1,733 per thousand board feet 
to today's price, which is $712. That's basically $1,000 less in eight months, almost 60% less. This is what Biden is talking about when he's talking about transitional. Prices will come down. Inflation will come down. But some of the things which have really, that I looked at, I wanted to pass on to you as to things that are inflationary and how much they have been inflationary. Used cars. Anybody bought a used car lately? You would think because of the fact that they're used cars and there seems to be a, a huge number of them all the time, any time I look. Well, apparently not. Used cars themselves have gone up 45% during the last year. 45%. The two-year jump, this is before COVID, 41%. Now, why is that? Well, because if you want a car or if you want a different car, it's a lot cheaper to get a used car than it is to get a new car. And a lot of people have gone that route simply for that reason. What's another thing? New cars. Okay, we went to used cars. New cars. New cars are up 5.3% on a 12-month basis. Okay, one thing about cars, new cars in general, you may have heard that there's a chip shortage worldwide. The, how your car runs, anybody, Daryl, you remember, how you have, do you have a car back from the 60s or 70s that you just drive around? I used to have a, a 63 Le Mans. Okay, Le Mans, yeah. you open the hood, there is no electronics in the things. It's <laughs> all, no, it's just wires and fuses, that's yeah, it. Things that blow up gas. Oh my gosh, well today, <laughs> you can't, you open up a hood of your car and most of it is science. It's all technology and it's all driven with uh, semiconductors and so you, you, it's really difficult to get a semiconductor, to get something to be able to, a chip to put in any new car, that's why the prices have gone up so much. Anyway, we're up against the clock. I'm going to rent it, read out a few more things that you already know this, but I'm going to tell you anywhere. Airfares up 24%. Hotel rooms up 15%. Rental cars up 76%. Clothes are up 5%. Restaurants are up 4%. Now, all of these things are up year over year. But if you look at a lot of them trending over the last three years, they're really still down. But compared to the sticker shock that we had when prices were down and then they came back up, it's a real shocker. Anyway, I'm Jeff Barton. Those are some of the things I'm thinking about. It'll affect you, your money, and how you're going to be able to calculate whether you can get that mortgage. Thank you very much for listening to the show. I'm Jeff Barton from The Mortgage Voice, and we'll see you next time. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. For more on today's topic, visit www.malibufunding.net.